0: Thanks for checking out this episode of the Fight Talk podcast. Today, me and Jeff Meacham from NoDQ.com are going to be giving our predictions for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view on the WWE Network this Sunday, and this podcast is brought to you by WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com's Elimination Chamber Pick'em Contest is open right now, and here is the prize list. First place is $500 cash. That's 500 $500 cash for first place. Second place is going to get $100 and a free shirt from Collar and Elbow. Those are those uh, sweet pro wrestling style t-shirts I see all the time. I see some people in the front row of Raw wearing them pretty often as well. They sponsor some uh, pro wrestling athletes as well. So Collar and Elbow, cool company, uh, great shirts. So $100 and a shirt from Collar and Elbow for second place. Third, fourth, and fifth are all going to get $100. One, zero, zero, $100. And 6th through 10th, we'll get a $25 gift card to ProWrestlingTees.com. And what's cool about that is a t-shirt on ProWrestlingTees costs about 25 bucks usually. So, or at least the newer ones. The $25 will definitely get you covered on some older shirts. But it should get you covered on even the new ones. So, really great prizes there. So, I want to make it clear. WrestleRumble.com. That's where you go. they are going to have a bunch of questions uh, regarding this pay-per-view. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Submissions. Uh, count outs, if tables will break sometimes, uh, you know, different stipulations, the order of the matches. I mean, I haven't seen the, the actual contest uh, question list yet for this show, but you can always expect some crazy questions and it's always a lot of fun. And for people like me, it makes the shows way more enjoyable because sometimes you kind of get in the same routine of watching pro wrestling and kind of armchair quarterbacking while you're watching the shows, telling your buddies what you think is going to happen, telling people on Twitter what you think is going to happen. Well, this is where you can put your money where your mouth is and actually win real cash and real prizes for knowing what you already know. Pro wrestling, pick them. It's that simple. WrestleRumble.com, once again, is the place to be. Without any further ado, here's me and Jeff Meacham making our picks for the Elimination Chamber. Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today, I have Jeff Meacham once again with me to do predictions for WWE Elimination Chamber 2018. Jeff is, of course, the four-time reigning, defending, undisputed, No DQ.com Wrestling Trivia Challenge champion. Uh, Recently reclaimed that championship title. Um, Jeff, I know we just caught up a little bit. Just a second ago, but just kind of for the record, how have you been? Uh, I know some crazy stuffs kind of going on over there at No DQ right now. Um, <laughs> like we just touched on uh, off the off the record a little bit, um, but how are things going? And what's what's it like being the champ again, man? Yeah, you know, Steve, life is good, man. I got I got four
1: reigns under my belt now. We're, uh, we're moving toward uh, this week's challenge um, uh, to the title. And uh, as far as the issues on NoDQ, let me just say for the record that uh, things are getting interesting over on NoDQ.com, the YouTube channel for NoDQ.com. And uh, today, actually, uh, at uh, 3 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern, um, Aaron and I are going live to do what we're doing right now, the NoDQ predictions. So it'll be interesting to see what what plays out in the NoDQ chat room On uh, on
0: YouTube as well when we go live with and tonight. All right, so everyone, keep your eyes and ears open for all that stuff going on. Also on Twitter because I know there's a lot uh, rumbling there as well. So um, Twitter's
1: very interesting place right now for
0: sure. (laughs) So I'm I mean I'm interested to see what what happens going forward. I'm of course always interested to hear your thoughts on uh, on pro wrestling, and that's why of course I like having you on the show so much and um. I'm really looking forward to doing this, man. Uh, before we get started, though, I just I wanted to mention um, I wish I was better with names, but the last dude uh, to to beat you for the title that you recently reclaimed, that guy was a stud, man. Uh, that guy Chris, really knew his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Cass. He, uh, he is. It's one of those things where you if if the rule was not in place that they couldn't challenge me again as champion, you would definitely see him again. He he's an amazing competitor, no question about it. Yeah, yeah, I was very impressed, and, uh, I knew something was up, though, like, the first episode that you guys, uh, went head-to-head, when, like, I could tell he wasn't just, like, just, like, a regular fan after a couple questions, like, I could tell he was, like, a trivia guy, because, because he got, like, some obscure... Like first match on like a TNA pay per view from like 2005 or something is like one of the first two questions and I was like okay not just anyone's gonna know this kind of stuff (laughs) so um so that was uh that was great to see and once again like I said you are the champion and I always like seeing that I always pull for you Jeff I'm on I'm on Team Meacham for the uh, no DQ challenges unless of course we we wind up facing off one day which could possibly happen um. Uh -uh. I, I have said repeatedly, and I, I've told Aaron, you know, open invite to anybody and everybody out there in the wrestling
1: universe, if you will, if you want to call up that name with uh, with uh, Vince's approval, of course. Um, bring them on. So Stevie, yeah, you're welcome. welcome
0: come on anytime you want. Yeah, and to to be fair, man, some like I've said before to you, man. Sometimes I watch those episodes and I'm like, oh man, this was my show. Like this was the one I knew them all. And then sometimes I watch and I go, I'm really glad they didn't pick me for this one because I didn't know hardly any of those. So well, it's yeah. just. It, it, it's funny you mention you being on my show because I remember the first time I came on your show here on the Fight Talk podcast, we were talking about Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And here she is in the WWE. There you so go. Everything's going to come full circle with, with Jeff Meacham on the Fight Talk podcast. That's very true. Well, let's uh, let's touch on that real quick because uh, there's only four matches confirmed for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view as of right now. Um, and there's some others that I'm sure we kind of see will most likely happen. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. But to start off, since you mentioned Ronda Rousey, what has been your opinion of her so far in the world of the WWE? And uh, are you looking forward to seeing what she does signing her contract on Sunday? I'm very curious to see what happens. And
1: I say that because, of course, people have been talking about ever since she lost her last fight that the money match in WWE is her Charlotte Flair. No question about that. that. That match will happen at some point. However, she's on Raw. She's signing a Monday Night Raw contract Sunday night. So, it looks like she's going to be in that match that people are talking about with the mixed tag with her and a partner for choosing against Stephanie and Triple H. Um, I have been liking it so far. However, she's made one appearance. Like She literally was at the Rumble, and we haven't seen anything of her since except that amazing package on Monday night, which uh, I have to say for the record, I love seeing the background of where she was training at the Santino Brothers Wrestling uh, Academy here in Southern California. I love seeing um, all, that, all the training she was doing there. Of course, she trained with Brian Kendrick there as well. I, 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 it's it's almost a curiosity, not not so much a anticipation. it's kind of what's going to happen next because she's made one live appearance on on WWE TV and it was at the Rumble and she pointed this line and then she walked away. So what what will we see Sunday night? Is
0: the is the uh, is the money point as far as Ronda Rouse is concerned? Yeah, man, I totally hear what you're saying there. I, and you know, as being, uh, I'm a major fan of Ronda Rouse, You know, from her her fighting days, like I was one of those yep. people that. I never really turned my back on her like like I feel like a lot of people did um, when she started losing. But I also understand like her public perception definitely shifted because of how unwilling she was to address the losses publicly and, and those kind of things. So like she went from like a beloved figure to more of like a heel kind of figure in like the MMA community especially. Like a lot of fans just really didn't like how she dealt with all of that because it's one of those things where like to be completely honest – All she would have had to do is sometime in the last handful of years since she lost to Holly Holm and more recently to Amanda Nunez, if she would have just come on just any major uh, uh, show of any kind, whether it was an MMA show, um, a sports show, ESPN, whatever it would have been, Fox Sports, whatever. If she would have just went on any of these shows and just said, you know what? I lost fair and square. Holly Holm had a great game plan, and her stand up was just better than mine. and And I hope I, I win my next one. and I saw big things coming. Like that would have solved all these problems. Just address it. Like it isn't the it isn't then in the world that she lost. You know, everybody loses at some point. So well, it's it, it's one of those things, Steve.
1: And um, you know, not to not to compare Ronda Rousey's amazing MMA career to my trivia career, if you want to call it a career. The first loss is huge on anybody's soul, in any form of entertainment sport, whatever you want to call it. And when I lost, as bad as I lost to Greg Carey back in season one,
0: it, it, it literally, I mean, you, you can see on my face how yeah.
1: rushed I was. I just did so bad. Mm-hmm. Rhonda had the same problem. You know, she, she got beat straight up badly both times. Right. So I get the whole retreating into yourself, retreating away from public perception, from public eye, whatever you want to call it, and I definitely see where I would have been
0: avoiding everybody and anybody after those those two fights for sure. And and I understand I understand what you're saying there fully, but my my uh, concern is more because of, of what I just said there and the fact that they're they're positioning her as like this beloved baby face type character on WWE T V. Where like that isn't really the kind of person that's been—that's why I've been that's I the perception of her for a while. Like, like the, well, keep in mind, they've really said one way or the other. Like, all, all, literally, all she's done is interrupt a Rumble celebration, point at the WrestleMania
1: sign, and walk away. True. Now, true. if I'm me, if I'm Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, and Oscar, I'm going. That was kind of a shady move. Right. This is our moment, and you're taking it away from us by being Ronda Rousey and debuting
0: in WWE. That's kind of a heel thing to do. So we'll see what happens. That's true. That's a very good point. That's a good way of looking at. Because my my thing, like when I saw her, what, what kind of concerned me was like all the smiles, all the kind of like I'm happy to be here. I'm like dressing up like my like Roddy Piper and like I, I and I you know and, and I and I get it. Like, but it's just one of those things where. Had she and this just this is hindsight twenty twenty and of course I wanted to see Ron at the Royal Rumble like I was very very happy to see her debut I'm super excited for her in the WWE but had she just walked out there with Paul Heyman and and he said the same kind of stuff he says about Brock like she's here she's a real champion she's here to show you all you sports entertainers what a real badass looks like like I think it would have just just it would have just come off so much better in my opinion, but there's all, there also is time to still do something like that. So, I mean, I, you know, it just, it's just well, first impression. The, you know? only, the only problem with Paul coming out is that they were in Philadelphia. Right. <laughs> right. So, very true. Very true. He would have got too. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. See, the, and this is why I like having you on the show, Jeff, because you, you can, you can kind of see between these lines where I'm, where I yeah. might overlook yeah. something like that. And that's a very good point. Um. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what Ronda does. And um, just out of curiosity, do you think that they're going to be able to land The Rock as her her tag team partner? Or do you think they're going to have to pivot because he might not be available to do it? It's, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, the fact of
1: the matter is The Rock is the biggest star in the world right now. Dwayne Johnson is the biggest movie star on the planet Earth right now. That's just the way things are. And... For his contract to say, oh, well, yeah, you can take time off to be in WWE, and if you get hurt, oh, well, it's not going to be the case. So, it depends what movie he's making right now. It depends what his contract says in any given time or date. I think that if it's not Dwayne, then it will most likely be Kurt Angle. And they kind of set that up when Stephanie came back to Raw briefly and, you know, kind of gave Kurt Lay well, if you screw up again, then you're going to have to deal with me. And then, you know, Plus, Hunter kind of, kind of almost, you know, cost Team Raw Survivor Series. Right. So there's definitely that seed planted of Kurt Angle
0: wanting to get at Stephanie and Triple H. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening, and I think that Kurt Angle has got to be seen as the front runner to be in that tag team match. Like as of right now, although I really wanted to see up until this past Monday, I really wanted to see Seth Rollins. Uh, Turn heel again with kind of nothing going on with Jason Jordan being out. And I wanted to see him and Angle possibly go at it. But after seeing right. Raw on Monday, like it was, it was, Seth Rollins might be the top baby face on Raw at, at this point. So I, exactly. you know, yeah. so I'm cool with how things wound up. Right. So, um, speaking of that, just real quickly, what did you think about that uh, gauntlet match on Raw? Because I, I mean, I wish they'd do stuff like that more often. I thought that was great. They, they definitely draw off
1: the right way. They kept everybody's attention that first hour. I've not seen the ratings for Monday night, but I'm sure they were through the roof. I'm sure they were better ratings than they've had in a long time, only because they had such a huge draw the first hour plus of that show. So it's it's one of those things where um, they pushed Seth Rollins through the moon there, uh, to the moon, excuse me, on Monday night,
0: and it was a great match. It was a great way to build toward Sunday. I couldn't agree more, man. And I I think the fans really enjoyed it too. Like all the feedback that I'm seeing so far is everyone like they were really pumped about it and they're they're really pumped to see them put over Seth so well because and we'll we'll do it we'll make our predictions, you know, officially here in a second, but go going into Monday, I would have said like I really didn't have a lot of interest in Seth Rollins. And that, that was really sad considering I was a major fan of his after he split with The Shield, and I was a major fan of his right when he came back from injury, but then he just kind of has been in limbo ever since WrestleMania and beating Triple H. And yep. and now it's like I can get behind Seth Rollins again, and I'm really, really happy about that. So Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what plays out because the –
1: Easy money, if you want to call it easy money, you know, Vegas would be Roman Reigns winning Sunday, so right. what do they do with the other six
0: guys is the question. Exactly, and we're going to get to that here in just a second. So let's, let's essentially uh, just kind of start off making some predictions for this show, um, and we only have four matches that are confirmed officially, but I do want to mention, you know, I'd imagine they're going to do uh, Titus Worldwide versus The Bar, I, I think, would probably be the tag team match. Do you agree? Well, it really depends what because if you watch Mixed
1: Max Challenge last night, they kind of had a thing where Naya Naya kind of um, got up at Titus's face, and you know Apollo kind of helped Nia uh, humiliate Titus and Dana. Yeah. So I'd like to see Naya Jacks versus Dana Brooke, except that Naya already has a match against Oscar. So. Maybe maybe they'll have Titus and Apollo against the bar, but again, there's no real build to that uh, because they kind of they, they 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 did those two matches with the bar against Titus worldwide,
0: and then nothing for the last two weeks or so. So, right. Well, speaking of my of Nia Jax, let's talk about her match with Oscar. Um, okay. you know, so that's a singles match with a stipulation where if Jax wins, she'll be added to Oscar's championship match at WrestleMania. So. That makes this uh, this match a bit more interesting. Uh, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this match happening for Asuka so close to WrestleMania? And the same with Jax, because th- these are two women that I feel have both been built towards championship matches. But one of them, I believe, I mean, unless something crazy happens, I believe you know one of them has to lose this one. So what do you think about this? Uh, I can't foresee
1: situation Sunday where Asuka will have her first loss on a, almost a B pay-per-view. And I say that because it's not one of the big four. Right. I don't think she's going to lose Sunday. I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic because Asuka and Nia Jackson waged war before at NXT, and Asuka always found a way to beat Nia. Now, they don't mention that on WB television because they're trying to push it, her as the irresistible force. You know, so it's a it's, uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I, I honestly
0: believe they're not going to chop Asuka's uh, proverbial head off just yet. Yeah, I agree with you, man. You know, I think that there's no way Oscar's going to lose either, and like you said, I mean, this is essentially the last stop before WrestleMania, and WrestleMania is going to be Asuka's, or it should be her biggest moment so far in her pro wrestling career. She should be going in there undefeated, challenging for a championship, and it just doesn't make any sense to kill that momentum uh in any way right before WrestleMania. So I'm I'm with you there for sure, man. Um after that, just for the sake of like switching off predictions, I'll do the next one first. Um and we'll do uh broken Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. This one is uh man, I don't really really know where to begin because it's like if if you followed the Matt Hardy broken universe over in TNA, you know, it was a much different thing than what they're doing now with it. Um it's the same concept, but clearly being written differently. And and Matt Hardy it just it just doesn't feel the same. And and my issue with Bray Wyatt has been the same issue I've had with him year after year, where no matter how much he talks at this point, like it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal anymore because he loses so often. Like when it matters. And so it's it's almost like having two guys that are just rambling on and on and on about nonsense and then like Matt Hardy just laughing way too much. It, 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 the thing's just been kind of weird to me and what makes it even weirder is the fact that Bray Wyatt has defeated Matt Hardy multiple times with ease uh, on episodes of Raw. Um so my thinking in this is the only reason that this match would be happening on this show is if Matt Hardy's going to finally get a win over Bray Wyatt and hopefully with the signing of Jeremy Borash recently he'll be involved in helping helping kind of mold this this Woken universe for Matt Hardy and maybe turning it into something better than what we've been seeing leading into WrestleMania. But So that's where I'm going with it. I'm, I'm going to take Matt Hardy in this one just for the sake of, like, I don't know what the hell they do if, with him if he loses at this point. So what do, what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I mean... You gotta
1: believe they're doing something with Matt now that they've signed Jeremy Borash. You gotta believe there's gonna be some sort of end game to this Bray Wyatt Matt Hardy feud. And yeah, remember Jeff Hardy's coming back relatively soon from what we hear. So they they gotta get Brother Nero in there as well, hopefully soon. So I I firmly believe that Matt will win Sunday and we will see, you know, the woken universe slowly but surely be once again become broken.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping to see that too. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on like on Bray Wyatt or any? Because like because my thing with Bray is like he just I just feel like he, he needs he needs a family behind him. Like he can't be a cult leader with no cult at this point.
1: We seem to go around the horn, you and I. And actually, everybody and I when I do any show um, about uh, Bray Wyatt and his impact in WWE, pretty much from the beginning. Um, Bray Wyatt with no flock is not a sheep herder. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's uh, he and uh, unfortunately for him, all three of his main followers are now doing amazing things. You, know, you get the Budget brothers who are starting to build momentum over on SmackDown Live, and Braun Strowman is the breakout star of last year and maybe this year as well. Um, so Bray Wyatt, I, I firmly, honestly would, and this is just what I would do, and you know, you know, armchair booking, hindsight, twenty twenty, whatever you want to call it. I would
0: team Bray and Matt up. Yeah.
1: And have, and have Bray Wyatt become part of this
0: broken, woke, whatever we're universe. I like that idea, too. And they've kind of teased that at the Royal Rumble when they were kind of yeah. helping each other eliminate people and stuff. And I, I, I thought the crowd uh, liked the idea, too, because I, I could see they were kind of catching on to that, also. And they were kind of getting cheered almost like as a team out there. So I, could, I could definitely see that being a possibility. I like that idea a lot. Um, up next, this is so this is one where our opinions might differ big time on this match, and I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on the uh, the first ever women's elimination chamber match. Um, my reasoning is because that I'm I'm not looking very much forward to this match mainly because I feel like uh, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, and Mickey James just don't really have a lot of business being involved in the match and that isn't to take anything away from Mickey James who I've been a fan of for a long time it's just she's being more positioned as as an ally to Alexa Bliss in case Alexa's in there with absolution um so it's almost like when i look at each individual member of this match it just it, there's not a whole lot of, of options i feel like for for an outcome and it's it's mainly because like like Sonya Deville Regardless of if if people like Sonya Deville, um, if she's good in the ring, regardless of of how good Sonya Deville is or isn't, the second that Ronda Rousey signs that contract and or Shayna Baszler comes up, you she's going to be obsolete because she's play, she's doing an MMA character, but two legitimate badass MMA champions are about to be on the show, and I and and I think that Sonya Deville is just going to be fed right to Ronda Rousey, like almost like she'll get squashed by her. Just to show, like, this level of MMA dominance versus th- what she was bringing. And then right. you got, like, Mandy Rose, who I think is is gorgeous, but she's really bad in the ring. Like, I just don't think she she's ready at this point to be doing what she's doing and definitely doesn't – isn't at a point of, of being champion. Um, but then what does make me in, interested and excited for this is Sasha Banks, Bailey and Alexa – Mainly Sasha because I can't wait to see what she does because she's so creative. I can I can just see that she's gonna put this on her back and and make this something. Um, Jeff, what are your thoughts on like the individual participants? You know, the, this first match ever happening and and who do you think is gonna win this one, man? Oh, okay. This is my uh, <laughs> this is my moment
1: of my moment of zen here because I love 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 you're giving these six women and women in general a chance to. Turn loose in what is the most dangerous match in the WWE right now? They talk about Sasha and Charlotte and Hell in a Cell. This chamber, this this matchup, whatever structure you want to call it, the the new one or the old one, this this chamber takes years off your life. In when you're in the women's chamber, whether it's the old one or the new one, this chamber is designed for destruction, no question about it. And these six women are going to have to do things that they. Do you think they can do themselves right now, as we sit here Wednesday Wednesday uh, afternoon here? I believe that it's going to be a huge dynamic with basically the three teams, because you've got Sonya and Mandy as allies, you've got Bailey and Sasha as allies. Now Alexis kind of recruited Mickey as an ally after bringing her in WWE uh, almost two years ago now. Right. I jeez. I I I can't. It's hard to say, before, but I only say what I'm going to say because I think this is how they should do it. I think that the team should, you know, sp- you know, teams should kind of form and they should have, you know, basically just a, a, a complete schmoz. I think it should come down to Alexa and Sasha Banks. And I'm literally tossing a coin pretty much, but Alexa's been the dominant champion for most of last year and into this year. And I think the money match raw wise is Alexa versus Asuka. so I'm going with Alexa plus.
0: I like that we're on the same page, man. I actually um did some of, I did my predictions for uh for the daily DDT over at Cited as well in in uh, text form, and I have it on the record as well as I think that it'll come down to Sasha and Alexa at the end too. Oh, wow. Um, and I actually took Alexa to, to beat Sasha and retain as well. Um. But I also threw in there that I hope that this is where we finally see some sort of uh, some sort of turn of some kind between Sasha and Bailey. Like, Agreed. you know, Agreed. because I think that that, as I'm, as I'm sure you would agree as well, that that could be a great WrestleMania match, Sasha versus Bailey. I'm a, I'm totally cool with that happening on WrestleMania, even even if the title isn't involved. I think I think with um, with it both losing the chamber
1: match, I, I think it's going to be some sort of dynamic in there with the two of them um, having a moment in the chamber, like you said. And I think I think those two can really go to mania and really show people that, hey, yeah, we're not Charlotte, yeah, we're not Alexa and Asuka, but you know what,
0: we sh- we're still here and we've earned our spot, here's why. Right, exactly. And I'll give Alexa uh, a ton of credit, you know, she's somebody that, and this is why I don't get, I mean, I... I haven't been very kind to women like Mandy Rose, uh, you know, up to this point, because I just don't, I just don't think they're ready quite yet. Some of these women, but when you look at someone like Alexa Bliss, I thought the same thing about her. To be fair, when I saw her on the main roster the first time, and since then, her improvement—she's probably the most improved wrestler, men or woman, on probably any of the shows over the last you know year or two. I mean, she's she's really really. Flipped the switch, so I gotta give her credit for sure. I, I think that anybody that saw the
1: glitter, gliss, sparkle, bless, you know, three, whatever it was, two and a half years ago, would would never have said she'd be the dominant women's champion on the main roster now.
0: No, never. And I know exactly what you're talking about, man. She used to come out with, like, all the glitter and all the sparkles, and, you know, and she was like that kind of like the happy little cheerleader type, yeah. Exactly. And then, uh, but the one thing I always did kind of say about her, and I'm sure you draw the same kind of comparisons, she reminds me a lot about Trish Stratus in a lot of ways. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, Trish Stratus was
1: hired to be eye candy. So was Alexa for a while. But both of them showed immediate, unbelievable improvement in a short amount of time. So the fact of the matter is, she is the modern day Trish Stratus. I've said that, you know, I still say Charlotte is the best in ring, you know, competitor in the women's division out of the show. But Alexa is creeping on her slow little bit, sure, and Alexa's been more dominant over the last year.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, you, so you're thinking um, when you when we we're talking about Oscar and, and Jacks just a minute ago, are you thinking for WrestleMania we're going to be getting Bliss versus Oscar, uh, and then what happens with Charlotte over on SmackDown? Well.
1: Wow, now you put me in the spot here. Um, <laughs> if I'm Oscar, I go for the money, uh, as far as championships go. And right now, based on performance and dominance as champion on the brand they're on now, you know, I would. I if I'm Oscar, I would honestly pick Charlotte because Alexa's been more dominant. I yeah. would. I would go after what could be as the easier target. Plus. Charlotte Flair versus Oscar is a great matchup in any in any brand, any pay per view, any show. Um, as far as Raw, I'd like to see Alexa
0: probably. Uh, see, that's like what to I was gonna say. Well, see, that's what I was gonna say was was like that's where I feel like Nia fits in. When, you know, Nia versus Alexa, and then Charlotte versus Oscar. But I, but but it also yeah, you know Oscar you know, versus I mean, Nia is gonna be I mean, very telling. You know. Yeah, it's it, 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 I, I forgot about that. That's right. There, there's
1: a kind of a little seed there with Alexa and Nia because of the, the the little differences in their in their relationship. However, the reason for that relationship is no longer there because they fired Enzo More. So, right. how do they build that? But it, 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 if they
0: do it, it'll be cool. Right, and that's kind of where I go with like the Oscar Nia thing. Is like I think it's a smart move to make Oscar look dominant, especially beating someone like Nia. But at the same time, if they're going to go forward with Nia versus Alexa, which is by by no means what's for sure going to happen, just a hunch, um, they got to make Nia look strong. But at the same time, Nia standing next to Alexa, no matter how it's booked, when you see the two of them side by side, you're always going to see Alexa as the underdog to Nia. You know what I mean? Like from that perspective. So we'll see what happens. But uh, a lot of crazy stuff, a lot of of new stuff going on with the women and – I thought it was pretty cool that uh, Becky Lynch went on Twitter the other day and she was like, she said something along, along the lines of, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, it was something like, you know, I think it's awesome that we have this women's chamber match. I hope that one day we have women's tag team titles. And, and she was saying all this great stuff that the women have done. But she also said, at this point, I think we need to stop seeing it so much as men and women as, okay, who's the most talented? of either gender and that's the people who we want to see on on tv at this point and i thought that was really cool for her to say it that way because um i feel the same way i think that the best people i think you needed to spotlight the women to get to get the shine on them to get people familiar with them to do the women's revolution and to get to this point but now we're seeing like okay there's a clear divide in my opinion of like the top women to like the mid-level women and i want to see more of the top women against the top women as much as i can um. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's becoming very
1: much like the men's side of the, the the coin, if you will, because you've got your guys like Randy Orton, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, of course, uh, Finn Balor, who are all in that upper tier, and everybody else is kind of scratching for scraps underneath those guys. On the women's side, you've got Alexa, you've got Charlotte, you've got Asuka, you've got Naya, and I dare say, for right now, you've got Absolution and uh, the Riot Squad. Everybody else, like, you know, where is Leisha Fox? Like, what is she even doing right now? I'm not saying I'm a fan of Alicia Fox, but, you no. know, why haven't we seen her? Well,
0: you because know what? She's not, I, I, not up. Uh, I think she was hurt because she was going to be in the women's rumble and got scrapped from it for injury. I think. Right,
1: right. But, but what I'm saying is, you know, I, I, I
0: use her as an example. You know, right. it's like everybody under the girls I mentioned is very much just scratching for scraps underneath those girls. Oh, I see what Women, you're saying. Gotcha, so gotcha. It's it's just one of those things where once again, much like the men's side, the, the cream of the crop is rising to the top as it should, and everybody else is kind of falling by the wayside. Right. Well hey, and speaking of uh of the top guys, uh perfect transition. We got the elimination chamber match for the Universal uh for the number one contender for the Universal Championship. So the winner will face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Uh we got Braun Strowman versus Elias versus Finn Balor versus John Cena versus Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus the Miz. First time there's been seven men in the Elimination Chamber before. Um Man, there's a lot to unpack here, but they got a ton of talent in this match. Um, like you mentioned uh, before, and I'm going to agree with you, I think that Roman Reigns is, is the clear favorite to win this one, uh, especially with, you know, all the rumors. I mean, even since last year's WrestleMania that they were going to do the rematch between Roman and, and Brock this year. So I think it's something that they've been they've been wanting to do and that they've been building towards. And it's probably what's going to happen. But. What I think was so great about what happened on Monday is now there's like actually that little bit of doubt where you have guys like Seth Rollins and you have, you know, Braun Strowman, of course, and of course, you're going to have the guy like John Cena, who's, I think they're really smart with the way that they're playing his character right now of him almost coming off as desperate to win this because he needs to get to WrestleMania. And I, I think it's, I, I'm i really, really excited for this match. um And just for the record, for my quick prediction, I am taking Roman Reigns, but um, there's a lot of great options they have here. Um, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this match, and who do you have winning? I am very interested in all seven of these
1: guys. I love all seven of these guys. Even, yes, I even like Roman Reigns, people. Sorry, I do. I, I, hey, I like Roman Reigns. so beginning. do I. I, I. So do I. Like I. The, the, whole, the whole Roman hate just bugs the crap out of me. It always has. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb, though. I'm going to predict against easy money, which is never a smart thing, and people in Vegas tell you, you're crazy, but I'm going to say the man of desperation is going to find a way to overcome his desperation. I think that they're going to go with another money rematch they've been talking about for many years, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena.
0: Man, I like that, and that's something where I was thinking about that the other day, I was just kind of sitting on my couch, just kind of like thinking of all the different ways that this could possibly go, And I was just remembering and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but the last time that Cena and Lesnar faced off, I believe was the match where Cena hit like two or three attitude adjustments in a row on Brock and had him pinned and somebody came out to stop it, I wanna say.
1: Yeah, that was I I think that was Night of Champions in two thousand fourteen. I because I I remember about their most recent program is I was at SummerSlam 2014 and I watched John Cena who was a big dude like a bigger man than I could even when you meet a person like God he's huge 16 suplexes and 2 F5s in the short span of a match Yeah. so I think the money is there for John to go alright
0: let's do it yeah and what better way to get that number and I know you debate the number and you you know we've talked a little bit about the like the true you know number of Ric Flair's title reigns and stuff. But for WWE storyline purposes, what better way to have John Cena get that number 17 than by taking down the Beast? That would be a huge moment. And you know what? Whenever Ric Flair is on a
1: a pre-show panel, and he he talks about how much he loves Brock Lesnar, wouldn't it be something if John Cena beat the guy that Ric Flair has called the most dominant guy since he left,
0: pretty much? It'd It'd be a cool dynamic. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, where do you think that would leave uh maybe a guy like Braun Strowman for WrestleMania? Um regardless of if I, Rands or Cena wins, you know, like where, what do you think?
1: You know, I I would find a way to build something where maybe just maybe Braun Strowman will get a Either a tag title shot with a partner to be determined, or he they, they find a way to get him into a program where you're not really expecting it because this guy, has a you know what? Why not? Why not see if we can give Roman his defining match against Braun Strowman because he Braun Strowman's kind of kicked his butt. And the fact of the matter is, Roman Reigns in the last year has defeated The Undertaker and John Cena in one calendar year, 2017. So if they don't go with Roman facing Brock Lesnar, which I, which I, I still kind of lean toward, like I said, I'm picking John Cena. My official pick is John Cena. But if Roman's not in the title match, why not give Roman a chance to redeem
0: himself against the guy who could not find a way to beat straight up? Yeah, I think that's the right move. Um, and then what about, just because I got you here, and I, you know, the predictions were pretty quick, um, only four matches in all. What do you all think? Right. where do you think that leaves? Because I'm imagining we're going to get the Miz and Balor. We're kind of been hitting hitting towards that for the IC title. But where, where do you think that leaves? Like Seth Rollins or Elias, or do they match them up? Or what do you think they do with that? Because obviously they were leaning, they were going to head towards Rollins and Jordan, but that isn't an option from what it sounds like right now.
1: Right, because Jordan's not going to
0: make Mania, right?
1: Um, if at all, uh, I God, I I'd, I'd love to see a situation where. They set up Balor versus Miz for the IC title and then they have like a Balor Club versus Mr. Raj type program going into it. Like either either have the IC title match or maybe a six minute media because nobody would be more over in WrestleMania in New Orleans
0: than the quote unquote Balor Club. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this show. Um Especially that chamber match, because like I was saying before, like up up until really honestly, up until Monday, I was just zoned in on Roman. I was like, they're just I don't see anything other than Roman doing doing this and and now like I think they did a great job of making me really think that it it could be other people. And I think that the John Cena idea is great. I, I would not mind John Cena versus uh Brock Lesnar again. I'm a big fan of Cena's. Um, do you think we still have a chance of seeing Cena versus Undertaker? Do you think that Undertaker is going to make a return this year?
1: Let me say this: If they're going to, if Cena is not going to be in the title match, and he, you, you know what? Let me, let me, let me rewind a little bit because I, I forgot about the Undertaker. I said to say WrestleMania, but because he's been out of the picture for so long, let me, let me, let me re- retract and, and restate my statement. Cena will find a way to get past everybody in that chamber, except Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns will, el- will emerge in the chamber as the winner, and Cena will become so desperate to have WrestleMania moment, he will come out on Raw and go,
0: I want The Undertaker. There you go. See, I, I, That'll be the WrestleMania
1: moment for Cena, to get The Undertaker one-on-one, finally at Mania.
0: There, yeah, I I think that or and I even had in like my uh in my written predictions that I could see maybe it coming down to like Roman Cena and Strowman or something like that and like the Gong hits or something like that. You know what I mean? Like something happens to throw Cena off, but it's Undertaker related and maybe that. But I I think I, if I think if Undertaker is going to come back and wrestle, it should be against John Cena. But I'm also going to be completely honest, and I may have talked to you about this before on the show. But you know, I was there live in Orlando uh, last year at WrestleMania. I, I was there in in New Orleans when the Undertaker lost. I was there. You know, like there's, I, I have all these these really big Undertaker moments that I've I've been a part of live, and and of course, Undertaker's the Undertaker, and he's he's an absolute legend in the world of pro wrestling. But. I just, honestly, I don't think I really want to see him wrestling anymore. Like, and, I, and I, I hate to be like that, but, like, I don't think his match with Reigns was very good. And I'm a Roman Reigns fan. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just, I just, it, it's almost like, I don't, I don't want it to ever get to a point where The Undertaker goes out there and, like, just, and just goes out there and just, like, lays an egg. You know what I mean? I just never want to see it get to that point, no matter who his opponent is. Well, on WB24, the type of WrestleMania last year, Undertaker mentioned... His fear is becoming a parody of himself. Right. So I think the only way that
1: he can go out, even, if, even on a on the only way he can go out with his head high is if he has the match people are talking about for so many years. Because I'll let you on on a secret that not a whole lot of people know. John Cena was supposed to be the one to end the streak. And John Cena turned it down. Back in 2014, he did not want to have that on his con- on his yeah. shoulders, like an easy one into the street, because then people would have instantly turned on him or they already have. Right. And you know, again, how do I know that? Trust me, I know that. Um, but now it's the time where okay, John Cena is coming up as a desperate man doing desperate things, and nothing is more desperate than challenging the guy at WrestleMania
0: to one on one match. And if that happens, do you think that that's, like, regardless of who wins, that's got to be the last one for The Undertaker? Like, I mean, it's just a perfect ending. I mean, the face of the company, John Cena. I've been saying
1: for a year that last year should have been it for The Undertaker. But it, if they're going to do Cena versus Undertaker, that has to be the last one for The Deadman. It has to be.
0: Yeah, and it's also, uh, it'd be fitting because, you know, New Orleans, Superdome, that's where he uh, he lost the streak. Same building. Uh, yep. So, it just kind of all works out kind of perfectly, and I'll say the one thing that kind of hinted me a couple years ago in the direction of thinking that the Undertaker wasn't done last year is that I remember, um, and I only remember this. I pay really close attention to stuff going on in New Orleans sports because I have a really good friend who works for their NBA team, the Pelicans, out there. Oh, nice. Man. And so, like, so that's why I, I can go to stuff like WrestleMania out there because like I've got a place to stay, and it just it just works out really well, and. And I was paying really close attention and noticed that, as I'm sure many other fans did too, when they announced two years ago that this year's WrestleMania was going to be in New Orleans, or when it was, uh, not, not two years ago, whenever they made that announcement a while back, The Undertaker was one of the guys who went up on the podium to, to talk to the, the fans of New Orleans about the show coming there. And that always was kind of like a hint to me of like, why would they send The Undertaker there to do the promotion for this show if he wasn't going to be a part of this show? Unless he was going to be in the Hall yeah. of Fame or something, you know what I mean? And that doesn't look to be the case, so... Right. So, yeah, we'll see. But either way... Hey, I w-
1: I w- I, I've been so on the fence for all year by The Undertaker since last year. It's like, you know what? If they're going to pull the trigger on one more match, it's got to be
0: Cena. And it'll be interesting to see how they play it out, win, lose, or draw with them. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens, man um jeff thanks again for coming on the show brother it's always a pleasure Gosh. to have you on the reigning defending four-time champ um the one man and i'm not saying you're the only man but the one man that i admit to other people knows more about wrestling than i do he's the, you're the one guy <laughs> uh when, when whenever anyone ever asked me like who you are or you know what like you know uh like you know just my friends or something saying like oh i saw this guy jeff keeps coming on your show like what does he do i say He's the one dude I know who's got me in wrestling, uh, wrestling knowledge. So you gotta listen <laughs> to the show when he is on because he's he's the he's the guy. So
1: I I fully blame the WWE Network for my knowledge over the last four years, no question <laughs> about it. But um, again, it's, it's it's always a pleasure to go outside of the NODQ galaxy, if you will, that's what Ringer calls it. Um, be on the lookout though because this week is gonna be very interesting. Not only is I'm doing live predictions there today. For basically for the same show, but it's going to be a, a dynamic between me and I, as as always fun. Tomorrow, live on my channel, which is YouTube.com slash JD Meacham, one word. You will see the return of talk wrestling, and for the first time on, for the first time since my test run uh, about a year or so, maybe more, talk wrestling will be live going forward on my channel.
0: That's exciting news, man. I don't know if you saw, I sent you a question for Talk Wrestling. So. I, I, have it, I have it logged in. I'll be answering it for sure tomorrow. Awesome. And also, Friday, I believe either Friday or Saturday
1: morning, whenever whatever Aaron decides to post it, because it's already at McCann, um, Wrestling Trivia Challenge this week. Very interesting um, challenge from a former panelist. And I will say the ending is something
0: that you need to see for sure. Oh man, I can't wait! Because I also want to mention for anyone listening to this, make sure to check out all the previous episodes of Wrestling Trivia Challenge, especially Definitely. the one where you regain the belt. That was the one that, like, that one. I believe that was the one. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but that was the one that was like that. The you know where I'm getting at, right? That was that was the if, match that. <laughs> the, if, if you have not seen the
1: rubber match between Chris and I, go watch it right now. Like seriously. Make sure Steve and I are done today, and then go listen to that before Aaron and I go watch Yeah,
0: totally, totally worth the watch. I even reached out to you right after I watched it and said, "Congrats, champ! Best episode I've ever seen." So, um, you know what? Yeah. We all said that's the best episode we ever did because it was
1: so. To quote Jeff Beecham, here's the thing: um, <laughs> it's 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 just so. Amazing to me that people still think it's staged. It's like, this is 100% real. And every time I'm on the edge of my seat, pins and needles going, oh my God, this guy's
0: good. Dude, I don't know how, how anyone can think that that's staged because... I mean, you've gotta have some people like your own friends who've gotta kinda of like seeing you lose every now and then too, you know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so so I don't think there's any any tomfoolery going on in, in, in the and you can tell just uh, by I promise. You can tell just by your reactions to some of the questions that you're like, What? Why would you ask me this? So oh, yeah. Um... Yeah, it's, like, it's like I hate using my skip, but it's like I don't know the answer, <laughs> I think he does. Awesome. Well, hey, Jeff, thanks again, buddy. Um, we'll, uh, we'll definitely do this again soon, uh, sometime in the next handful of weeks. And until then, everyone make sure to check out Jeff and everything he does. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter at underscore Jeff Meacham, underscore Jeff Meacham on com on YouTube. He's everywhere. He's the man. Jeff, thanks again for coming on, man. I can't, I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Steve. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Later, brother. All right, everybody. And that was once again, Jeff Meacham from NoDQ.com. Such a great dude. I love having him on the show. Just a tremendous wealth of wrestling knowledge. And I'm very happy to have him back on the show. And I'm very happy to have you guys listening. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please hit that subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. Please leave me a five-star review and any rating that you want, any comments that you want. Um, I don't ask for these five-star reviews because I'm being egotistical. I'm only asking because the more reviews that I get, and the more comments and ratings and that kind of stuff that I get, um, the easier it is for other fans to find this show. Um, it's very simple. So to kind of help grow our own community of fans, when other people search for similar, uh, you know, pro wrestling or MMA podcasts, this one's more likely to pop up if there's more ratings and in uh, reviews and stuff. So. I really appreciate that. I know I said all the time, but it really is the truth. Um also please follow me on Twitter at fight Talk Underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Got a Facebook group as well to search at Fight Talk Podcast, all one word, and it'll pop right up. Uh please check out my merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, whole bunch of different stuff, different logos, uh different colors. And any money I make on that website goes directly back into this podcast to help get upgraded equipment, help uh, a little extra money in my pocket for gas to get to some of these shows uh to be able to go live. I was actually live in the St. Louis area for Glory Pro Wrestling this past Sunday, catching up with a couple of the guys and girls who wrestle out there in the St. Louis area, Illinois, that kind of stuff. Um And I will be... In Nashville, Tennessee, my hometown, we've got Southern Underground Professional Wrestling coming up this Sunday at the Basement East. So I'll be there too, and I'm sure I'll have some good conversations with some people. Um, So you know that kind of stuff at whatamaneuver.net helps basically get me to some of these shows and make the podcast better for everybody, myself and the fans. Because I've said it before, and I'll say it a thousand times, I will never, ever charge you guys to listen to my show. It will always be free. Uh, So those little things like supporting at whatamaneuver.net – just help, help me a little bit more. And I'll just be honest, it just, it just helps. And I really, really appreciate it. But if you can't afford to support like that, I totally understand. And trust me, I just appreciate that you even listen to the show. Also, uh, let me mention my sponsors real quick and we'll get on out of here. Let's start with Heroes and Legends. They are a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specialize in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at HLProWrestling. That's once again Heroes and Legends at HL Pro Wrestling. Next, I want to give a shout out to Brian Jensen. Brian Jensen is a professional boxing coach. He corners pro boxers. He can help you get in better shape, help you learn how to throw hands, teaches some MMA. Whatever it is, Brian Jensen's the guy for you. He runs out of the Atlanta, Georgia area, but he can help you remotely from anywhere. Just hit him up on Instagram. That's the best way to get a hold of him. Follow him and shoot him a message at the handle Atlanta Boxing Coach. So that's at Atlanta Boxing Coach, all one word. Brian Jensen is the guy for you. Hit him up to get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. And last but never least, WrestleRumble.com is the place to be for the best fantasy pick'em contests out there for pro wrestling. A lot of cash and awesome prizes are always on the line at WrestleRumble.com. The Elimination Chamber pick'em contest just went live. The first prize is $500 cash. And there's a bunch of other stuff on the line, too. I mean, a lot of cash, a lot of prizes. There's some artwork. There's some stuff from uh, various websites. And like I said, I can't stress it enough. Cash, cash, cash. So, WrestleRumble.com. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, at WrestleRumble, and get in on the contest for the Elimination Chamber. So, that's going to be it, guys. I appreciate you all for listening. I don't know when I'm going to be back next... Um don't know if we'll be talking MMA or pro wrestling next, but either way, I'll be back soon. <laughs>